This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. I want to get creative and do put all my energy into parenting and figuring that out because I've never done that before instead of having to spend that time and that creative energy on paying that debt off. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're talking about adoption and how you can afford it without going into debt. Around 140,000 children are adopted in the U.S. each year. This is not only a big family decision for parents, but it is a huge financial one as well. Today, we're going to talk to a couple that went down this path not once, but three times in four years, and they did it without going into debt. Amanda and Jonathan Texera are the spousal duo behind Wallet Win, a platform dedicated to helping people get out of debt, build wealth, and transform the world through generosity. This Omaha-based couple now has three daughters, Josie, Charlotte, Ellie, and a crazy but lovable Labrador retriever named Wrigley. Welcome to the show, Jonathan and Amanda. Thank you for Thanks having, for having us, us, Andy. It's a pleasure. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's talk right away. So why did you guys decide to become adoptive parents? Gosh, I mean, it's kind of a, it was a long story. Uh, we got married in 2011. 2011. So we'll tell you the short version <laughs> so we can get into the the adoption. Ultimately, in our first year of marriage, we were trying to grow our family and we just began to realize it wasn't going to happen for us. I began to have tests and as did Jonathan to see what might be going on with our fertility. And there were a number of things affecting both of us. And we tried different treatments and surgeries and medicines and protocols and diets and the list goes on until about two years into that journey where I just said emotionally, I've had enough. I don't necessarily need to have a biological child. I just want to be a mom. And so what other options are out there for us to become parents? Mm -hmm. And you were feeling that draw too. And we had discussed adoption even in engagement about it being something that we thought we wanted to do at some point. We just never knew when. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like the seed got planted early on. Things just weren't going our way in those first early years. And we just decided, okay, well, this is a lever we're going to pull a lot earlier than we thought we would. That's kind of when we decided to begin going down that path. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then as you guys were going through some of those financial difficulties and, you know, emotional difficulties with, you know, uh, becoming parents, did you start to research adoption and then uh, you were aware of those financial ramifications as well? How, How did those discussions happen between you guys? I don't really remember. One of us probably looked it up, probably Amanda, because she enjoys facts and details. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And it's like, oh, okay, there's this cost and there's and there's this one and this one and this one. But yeah, we kind of early on we thought, all right, well, uh, let's go down this path. I guess it has a a price tag attached to it. There's a cost that will that we will incur, but let's go for it. And thankfully, in our first couple of years of marriage. 
right away out the gate after we came home from the honeymoon, we tallied up what, what debt we owed. We started budgeting. We made a plan to pay it off. So in year one of getting married, we were debt free. By the end of year two, we had our full emergency fund ready to go. And by year three, we had purchased our first home. So we were in a position to make some decisions financially for moving forward with adoption because we'd gotten healthy. So many other couples that we knew were in a similar boat, but they were also, they had a $30,000 student loan and 20,000 in credit cards chaining them down. And that hurt our hearts so badly because they had chains literally holding them back from stepping forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about, so you guys were in a good financial situation after a couple of years of being married, but this is a cost that I guess not, not everybody has to plan for uh, as, as parents. So how did you guys save up enough money? And then talk to me about the financials. Like what, what does it cost to adopt uh, a child uh, in your situation? We've adopted three times now and each time it's cost different amounts and we've had different times to prepare Mm. Um, and we'll, we'll get into some of those stories in a bit here. Um, but on average, if you are going to do a domestic infant adoption, which is kind of the, the normal, when people think of adopting a baby in the United States, you're looking at anywhere from 20 to $50,000. Um, if you're going to pursue maybe foster or a private match, it could be anywhere from free up to Ten or fifteen thousand dollars, and then if you're going to look at international, um, you're now thinking thirty to seventy thousand dollars. So it is a very, you know, most people don't just have that lying under the mattress yeah. for like a rainy day. Can, can you tell me? So I, un- I I think I understand why foster care might be the least expensive option uh, between domestic and international. Why is there such a big cost difference? If you're going to do a domestic adoption, there's just a lot of paperwork that goes into that. If you're in one state, there's a lot of paperwork. But then if you're working with one state and then the adoptions in another state, there's more paperwork. And then my goodness, if you now bring in another country with all their different systems and protocols and ways of reporting things, and it's just, again, it's a lot longer of a process and that incurs more legal fees and more red tape and more paperwork. Mm-hmm. And so the, not only is the length of time longer, but it is just more costly to go down that route. Yeah. And all of these situations, the big costs that are going on are the cost of preparing and filing paperwork. And there's mountains of it. Oh. Um, and, and, and in here, I agree in America, right? All the adoption laws are state specific. So if you're in two states, now you need somebody in each state doing paperwork, maybe a third person like Inter, like doing the interfacing between the, those two parties. And then, yeah, if another country, then you've got at least one set of people over there doing their paperwork and however that's organized, and then more people interfacing. And yeah, that cost can really add up. Wow. And huh. so which route did you guys <laughs> decide to go for your three children? So our three girls were all domestic infant adoptions. Oh. Private matches. Yeah, uh, private match. So, and then, right, a lot of times you'll 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 hear stories of people going entering like the pool um, at an adoption agency. So, when someone comes in to make a, a plan for adoption, they have usually it's like a stack of books, that pictures and stories and things like that, but all about all the different families. So, getting in like getting your, essentially getting your book in the stack in the pool, there's more costs associated with that. So then you can uh, the other way to do it then I guess is you kind of 
come to the adoption agency or whoever is going to be doing all that paperwork, um, kind of pre-matched with somebody say, Hey, you know, this person, you know, I want to make a plan for adoption for my kid and I've chose here's this the family yeah. for, that they'll enter into. Yeah. I like how you guys broke it down into those three areas to help people understand domestic, foster and international. How did you guys make that difficult decision of which route to go down? Well, I think it boiled down to, we knew that we wanted to become parents and that the end goal was to grow our family and international. I mean, that was looking like years down the road. And so we, we knew we didn't want to wait years. Um, and then with foster, the ultimate goal is reunification with their biological family. And we completely support that and understand that, um, and are on board with that. And someday we, we hope to foster, but we just knew that our first go at becoming parents, getting attached and then reunifying, we probably were not going to be prepared for that. I think later on in our life we will be, but we just weren't that first go around. Yeah, well, that's a it's a beautiful step that you guys have taken. You are you are now parents to three beautiful girls. That's so incredible. Let's talk about how you guys financially made this happen. So we talked about some of the costs that are associated with domestic adoption between twenty and fifty thousand dollars per child. Oh my god! So you guys had some good financial, <laughs> um, uh, I guess, base that you were building on. You've got an emergency fund. You got no debt in your lives, but this is a lot of money. So how did you guys save up this amount in order to do? And it sounds like you did it without debt. So talk to me about how you did that. Yeah, absolutely without debt. So, I mean, for us, that was the only option. There was no option to take on debt to do this. Uh, we believe that debt just makes things more complicated, more stressful. And we knew we were going to be entering into a time of life with all sorts of unexpected things happening and stressors and not much sleep and all these things. So we, would, we just didn't want to add in the extra stress of, of bringing on more debt. Um, and we'd recommend that for other folks thinking about it. But that leaves the question then of, well, how do you pay for it then? Yeah. So we had, right, we were in a good situation. You know, we were out of debt and and had our full emergency fund and all that. And because we had had a lot of practice working towards a financial goal. So we had a lot of practice, right? Tracking our budget, tracking our spending, budgeting, making every dollar scream uh, to get the most out of it while we got out of debt and built emergency savings and had a down payment and all those things. So we were kind of just, it's like, oh, all right, well, I guess this is the one we're working towards right now is, is getting money for the adoption. Uh, at the time, we worked for a, a campus ministry organization. We fundraised our salary as part of that. And so that was that's an interesting way to get paid. But uh, one of the upsides of it is you can go get a raise. You just go do more fundraising. So we worked on that. We worked and got, a, I guess you could call it, we got a raise. It's like a commission, and, and right? We did, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we did a specific fundraiser for the adoption. The idea, I think it was in a book. There's a book by Julie Gum called Adopt Without Debt. And I read the whole thing. And I'm not going to lie. A lot of the options in the book were a poor return on investment for your time. You know, spend 90 hours planning a bake sale and get $500. (laughs) And so those options did not appeal to me. But I saw a, a particular idea of an adoption puzzle fundraiser. So you create a beautiful graphic on the front of this puzzle and on the back, anybody who donates, you'll write their name. And now it's just this beautiful memorial to the child that you're adopting 
about all the people that loved them and wanted them to come home to their family. Yeah. So for, so we did a, you know, I, I did a design of some quote and then we got that custom printed on a puzzle and then people could like, I guess, sponsor a puzzle piece for 25 bucks. So it was a thousand piece puzzle, $25 a piece. And then when they would donate, yeah, we write their name on the back and then now we have it framed, you know, between two pieces of glass. So you can see the front and you flip it over. You can see all the people who helped, you know, bring our family together and bring that child home. Oh, that's incredible. So this is a, and it worked really well. I was going to say, this is a community, uh, it's community family. I love it. (laughs) It was. So we, you know, we had that combination of increasing our income. Of course we trimmed out unnecessary expenses. Mm -hmm. You know, the Chipotle budget decreased that month. (laughs) That's or tough. several months leading yeah. up to that. Yes, a sacrifice. <laughs> and then uh, we were fundraising, not knowing when we would be matched, but we were anticipating that it would come. You just, you never know when it's going to happen. Um, and so we were in the middle of that process when we decided to do a adoption photo shoot, just kind of holding a sign between us saying we're adopting. And we were going to ask friends to share that image out there to just put it out there that we were looking and if anybody was looking to make a plan, they should get in touch with us. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we did this photo shoot that night. The photographer actually turned all the photos around to us same day. It was amazing. And then we stayed up all night designing this blog post about, uh, our journey on our side. So we had just a small personal blog at the time, just kind of keeping again, people who were supporting our, our missionary work, keeping them up to date on stuff, just family members, family stuff, you know? Um, and so, yeah, we had a little section about the adoption and the fundraiser and a big post announcing it. Yep. And then we had to catch a flight the next morning Mm -hmm. to go to, to go to some training down in Florida. Um, so we stayed up all night right before we left for the airport, we pushed publish on this blog post. And when we got off the, the airplane, like six hours later, we had about 15,000 people had visited our blog because so many friends had shared it. And then that night, as we are, you know, hitting our heads on the pillow, I heard a ding on my phone and it was a message from someone ultimately connecting us with the birth mother of our first daughter. Wow. That's incredible. (laughs) So it all kind of was happening at the same time. And so that adoption puzzle fundraiser, we kind of had to put the pedal to the metal there Mm -hmm. and go. Wow. So, so this mother was in a situation where she couldn't be a mother and, and wanted to, uh, put her child up for adoption. Is that right? I mean, there's a variety of reasons why someone would make an adoption placement Mm -hmm. for their child, but ultimately, yeah, she, she loved this child that she was carrying and wanted something for her that she couldn't offer at that moment in time and chose us. And she's Mm -hmm. forever going to be our hero. Um, and someone that we love and respect and we talk highly of and keep in touch with in our family. That's incredible. And, and how old are your children now? Our oldest is five and a half. Mm-hmm. We have three and a half and then one and a half. Wow. You guys are, you guys are right in the thick of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just this week I got the five and a half year old to vacuum for me. And I'm like, yes, somebody's doing something. <laughs> oh, wow. So how has, uh, how has family life changed with the, um, I guess, the global pandemic and the quarantine situation for a family of five? 
You know, we've been working at home now for a couple of years and we've just been together a lot. Mm-hmm. And so it really hasn't changed that much outside of no childcare. And yeah, that there's part. less options to do things. We can't go down. We can't even walk down. We can walk down at the park, but you can't get on the swing. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, there's no, you know, we were going to the gym and they have like two hours of childcare. So that was really great. <laughs> That's all closed. Um, so just a lot more stay, stay at home, getting more creative. Um, you know, we've added some elements of homeschool to the mix, just keeping them entertained, keep their brains going while we're all here at home together. But yeah, it's just been a lot of together time, which, yeah, we were no strangers to, but now it's just on another level. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsor. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello and use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Let's jump back into the show. So, so you guys built up the savings through increasing your income, decreasing your expenses, and some help from the community. Each mm-hmm. time, was it um, nearly fifty thousand dollars for each one of these, and then you just repeat the process all over again? Talk to me through. Talk me through that. <laughs> so uh, the expenses for each one, gosh, they differ. Oh, I think the first go around it was twenty five thousand. The second time was thirty seven thousand. 
And the last time was about 20,000. Wow. So <laughs> that was him saying, it's wow, not me, money. by the way, everybody. That's <laughs> <laughs> <It's> Jonathan. <laughs> I think he's reminding, reminding himself. <laughs> um, and, you know, the first time that we used the increasing our income, decreasing the expenses mm-hmm. and fundraising, the second, when we had, we had four months to prepare. The second time, we had three months to prepare, and it was just a complete surprise situation where we were watching Friends one night, and then I saw that there was an adoption opportunity that came up, and I thought, hey, let's just p- toss our picture over and put a couple words in about our family, and then the next day- and it, was, and it was mostly just like to say we've done it, because mm-hmm. we, we were, yeah, we should, you know, it's probably time we should look to, uh, to be adopting again, and so it was more of a like, well, you can't say, you know- if you don't do anything, you can't say like you can't kind of complain about it or whatever that it hasn't happened yet. So it's like I guess we'll put something in. Not that anything will happen. Uh, <laughs> and, and we, we, had, we had literally just moved states like three weeks prior. So it means all our paperwork, all our approvals and checks and all didn't that, count anymore. It's like it never happened. Mm, oh my god! And so we, the next day <laughs> we get a phone call saying that we've been chosen again. And we had three months to repair. And then, um, and we did a similar thing where we decreased expenses. We increased our income with some side hustles. And then, um, we did a little bit of fundraising for that. And then the third one, Mm -hmm. um, we had two months to prepare. It was also a surprise situation. It, the theme here is just surprise with less time to prepare. Yeah. Yeah. We'll probably get a call. We, <laughs> so if we get a phone call in a of this interview, it might be a baby at the hospital. I was going to say, so. right. Maybe we shouldn't put it out there again. <laughs> <laughs> but by the time um, our third daughter came to us, we didn't really lean on the fundraising. We had started our business. Our business was six months old, um, and we decided to have a launch to help bring her home because we now had a business with you know, that's a lever that you can really pull and bring home a decent amount of money. Mm -hmm. And so we held a launch and a lot of people helped us promote the launch and get the word out there. And we brought in just enough to bring her home. That's incredible. That's incredible. So over the time period of, you know, uh, your oldest is five and a half and your youngest is one and a half, you guys have had different situations with your income, with your, your business. When did you guys start your business? That was what, 2016? 2017. Okay. Sorry, November of 2017. <laughs> awesome, <guess> so. <laughs> awesome. So, so that wasn't around the, for the first child, and then you guys transitioned into your business and have figured out a way to grow your income from there uh, and build your family. I think this is an incredible story. And uh, you, you mentioned side hustles for the second one. What, what kind of side hustles were you guys doing in between your full time working side and then your full time business? I'll let John, Jonathan's Jonathan's number one side hustle. Well, he's a graphic designer, so he builds websites and does graphic work for people. So that's mm-hmm. one of his biggest mm-hmm. and probably most well-paid side hustle. But you have an affinity for dumpster diving. Ooh, let's okay. hear about this one, Jonathan. <laughs> okay, okay. So it, this started early in our relationship. Uh, the first place we lived, we were we lived right by the dumpster in a and college town. So like you could, so, there, so just driving in every day, you could see if there was anything there. So I think <laughs> this is when we were heavy trying to get out of debt, super creative, trying to get out as fast as we could. And so, and so just sitting like next to the dumpster was like a multi-part desk. computer desk thing, a, a couple chairs. So it's like, I just <laughs> drug them inside and then put them on Craigslist. I think you came home that they're like, what's this? It's like, 
And now don't she worry, calls you a dumpster diver. From the garbage. <laughs> but it won't be here for you. Uh, so we turned that around. That's how it kind of all got started. But yeah, I'll, just, I'll be taking the dog for a walk or whatever it is and just and see something. Probably his most profitable find was um, in a new build neighborhood. He found a king sleigh bed in perfect wood. Wow. Wood, perfect condition. Um, we actually used it for a year. <laughs> It was beautiful. And then we wanted to get something else. So we sold it for like $350. Um, (laughs) I I am all about reusing and recycling. (laughs) You know, as long as we put a little, you know, a little uh, Lysol on it or something, you're back in business, right? You definitely have to clean it. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So that was your favorite side hustle. I, at the time, um, was doing some freelance speaking. And so just some speaking Mm -hmm. gigs that I would grab here and there would help us add to the adoption fund. Yeah. And then also it's probably the other two where I'd make wedding programs. So people have a a kind of a big, more elaborate uh, wedding, kind of want to describe what's going on at different parts of the ceremony and and all the stuff in the church. Um, I have a wedding program that I made for our wedding. I think it has over three dozen footnotes of like what's going on and why you're standing up or why you're sitting down or what's the deal with the incense and all that stuff. Um, and so he spent 20 hours during our wedding week leading up to the wedding, designing a 37 page program for wow. our wedding. Hey. But it, and it really, I was very ticked. I was ticked off at the time, but now <laughs> that design has brought us thousands of dollars. Yes. So I'm okay. So that's been your, that was good. And then also, uh, help with, we mentioned the adoption puzzle fundraiser. And so through that, people will find, just, I guess maybe searching it, will find our fundraiser and then contact us about how do you do the puzzle and all that. You've so designed puzzles. I've designed puzzles for people as well. Oh, so great. these might not translate to everybody else. We just leaned into them and found a way to bring home extra money with them. Absolutely. And that's something people can do is think about what their unique strengths are and see how you can monetize from that. Jonathan, you mentioned earlier that you were adamant about not using debt for these adoptions. Tell me about why and then, you know, how are other people maybe going about this? Is there a loan for adoption? Like, how do you get a loan for adoption? Not that we're sending people that way. I just want to know what the other option is. Of course, of course. Yeah, we were we were adamant about it because, I mean, we had just fought and clawed and, right, digging crap out of dumpsters to get out of debt. And so it's like, if I wanted to get out of debt that bad, I don't think I want to go right back in. Uh, you know, I don't want that kind of hanging over starting our family. I don't want to have to be thinking about. I want to be putting. I want to get creative and do, put all my energy into parenting and figuring that out because I've never done that before. Instead of having to spend that time and that creative energy on paying that debt off quick. So that's why we didn't want to do it. Yeah, we really just think that it puts a family in a vulnerable position. And we didn't want to put ourselves in that position because we didn't know what was going to happen once we became parents. Who knows what the needs could come up? There are other ways in doing a puzzle fundraiser. There are. Um, There are grants that people can look into. We looked into it. We just didn't have enough time because our home study, you have to be home study approved to apply for a lot Mm. of grants. And we never had enough um, runway, if you will, to get our home study complete and then turn in an application for mm-hmm. the grant. Cause usually that can take six months to a year to complete the whole process for, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes there's policies at maybe an employer. There are generous employers who will reimburse a certain amount of adoption expenses, or there's grants that they provide that, um, I think that we might've gotten some from the employer that we were working for at the time. Mm-hmm. 
Then there are even interest-free loans for families that want to adopt, or they can get a personal loan from a bank. But we've known a lot of families that have taken advantage of that, but then it hinders their ability to adopt again. Hmm. So they're stuck. They've done one or one adoption, and now they really can't do it again because they're $45,000 in debt and they will not be approved one or two years later. It's going to be more like six or seven years later when they've got it paid off. And we knew that we didn't want to be in that position either. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you guys are very happy with the situation you're in. You've got a family of five now. What's the future? Are you guys considering adopting anymore? Are you feeling good with where you are? I think, yeah, I don't think we're done yet on growing the family. We'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe, I mean, yeah, who knows? A biological kid could come along. We could get pregnant. That'd be pretty cool. Or we could at any moment, the phone could ring. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one we're more used to. Yeah, we, we're, uh, we're, we're, not, still we're open. Yeah, I don't, I would I'd say at least right now, we're not like actively out there. We haven't, you know, taken a photo shoot and said, Hey, what's going on? Anybody know anybody? But in the same, in the same breath, I wouldn't say we're like closed off, locked door uh, against anything right now either. We're grateful that we've continued through this entire process to keep living by the money smart principles that we've always adhered Mm -hmm. to in our marriage. And it just keeps putting us in a healthier position. We're saying yes, gets easier and easier. And we're just really grateful for that. You guys are able to take that money and that uh, you now have and the ability to be debt-free and maybe give these three girls uh, a great life because of it. There's somebody listening right now, and they are considering adopting as well. Can you tell us what is your absolute favorite thing about being parents? I'd say my, my favorite thing about being a parent, about being a dad, is I now have a much larger audience for all my stupid jokes and antics and <laughs> voices and dances or whatever You're else here for that. I used to. Yeah. Most of the time, they think it is funny still. We have with, with the five and a half year old, we are entering, starting, I thought it's a little early, I thought, but we are entering into the dad stage, um, <laughs> which is in a way its own reward. So uh, I'm definitely happy about that. And I think that uh, my biggest joy as a parent is now seeing our girls' relationships with each other and seeing that camaraderie that's building between them. Mm. That's just, you know, a gift unlike no other. And then we just, you know, we're thrilled to be parents. And we love that adoption has given our girls not only um, our family, but they have this huge extended family that also loves them. So all my social media posts are, the likes are smashed, the comments from even their biological families are there, and they are just going to be loved by this large community their whole life long. Hmm. And I think that's special. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing this story with me, especially the intimate details of your finances and how you guys became parents. This is a beautiful story. Thank you so much for doing this. Where's the best place for people to connect with you and listen to your podcast? Yeah, just check us out at walletwin.com. Sorry, you want to win with your money. So walletwin.com and then pretty much on social media, just search walletwin. It's all one word. You'll find us. Yep. Excellent. And then for the podcast listeners, just type in WalletWin in their favorite podcast player. Yeah, WalletWin is one word. That'll bring it up. Or you can go to WalletWin.com slash podcast, and you can check it out there or click any of the 
wide variety of buttons that will bring it up in your favorite podcast player. Excellent. Yeah, we're listening to a podcast right now. You guys take advantage of that and check out Wallet Win. Thank you both so much for doing this, Jonathan and Amanda. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. Jonathan and Amanda were determined to become parents and they did it without debt. Here are my top three takeaways from my conversation with Jonathan and Amanda Texera. Number one, know the three different ways to adopt. With adoption, you have options. The Texera family shared the three ways with us, domestic, foster, and international. All of them have, you know, different costs and pros and cons. So it's important for you to look at all of these varying options and decide which path is right for you. Number two, Use a side hustle with your unique strength to build up your adoption funds. Jonathan had a skill for graphic design. He used that skill to work extra hours outside of his job to save up money so he could become a daddy to his three girls. Think about your unique strength. What could that be and how could you use that as a side job to make extra cash for your adoption? Number three get creative. Who would have thought a simple puzzle would bring in thousands of dollars for an adoption, right? Well, that is getting creative. Thinking outside the box, what can you do to get that money? Now, if you don't have the creative or graphic design skills that Jonathan has, no worries. Look into grants or even employer benefits to help you achieve your adoption goals. With some determination and persistence, You'll be hugging your kids in no time. Jonathan and Amanda, thank you so much for sharing with us today. This is a very personal topic, and it means a lot to me that you opened up like you did. So thank you very much for that. I know this story that you've shared today is going to help another couple who is on their adoption journey. As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific situation. Before we go for the day, I'd like to ask you to do one quick favor. Please text two of your friends today about this show. Grab your favorite episode in your podcast app of choice, click the share button, and then just text it to two of your friends and say, hey, this show's great. Check out this episode and tell them why they should be a subscriber of the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast. Your support would mean a lot to me as we continue to grow this show and help others with this general message of family financial empowerment. Thank you so much for considering it. I really appreciate it. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Winston Churchill. There is no doubt that it is around the family and the home that all the greatest virtues The most dominating virtues of human are created, strengthened, and maintained. Family first, my friends. Carpe diem. 